When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the tailgate. This is our Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Thank you, as always, for downloading, subscribing, sharing, and, of course, listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, coming up, we'll look back on the frustrating end to the men's basketball team's run in the NCAA tournament after the Sooners were ousted. We taped this here on Thursday night uh, earlier today. In fact, we'll take you right back to Pittsburgh to hear some of the post-game analysis and the post-game presser from one Lon Kruger. That's coming up here in just a bit. And we'll spend some time looking ahead. Sherry Cole will join us on the Sooner Sports Podcast as the OU women's basketball team in moments, I mean moments, gets set to square off against DePaul. Coach Cole caught up with Toby Rowland earlier this week. And it's a big weekend for women's gymnastics as tomorrow night, that's Saturday night, depending on when you hear this, Saturday night, K.J. Kindler will join us as the Sooners square off against Alabama. But we're on the road this week with the tailgate, as we typically are during the spring with the Sooner softball team. Oklahoma looking to continue its hot streak. They will square off this weekend in the Easton Classic. We're just outside of Fullerton, California. Actually, just outside of Los Angeles in Fullerton, California. It'll be the Sooners in Cal State Northridge on Friday at noon to get things started. Then at 2.30, right after that game or around there, uh, DePaul 
So it's Cal State Northridge and DePaul coming up on Friday. Then a Saturday showdown with Nebraska, who's been receiving votes in the NFCA poll. Big doubleheader on Sunday with 17th-ranked Ohio State and Cal State Fullerton. And then on Monday, we'll actually play through on Monday, the Sooners will have a rematch against Cal State Northridge. Then we're heading back to Norman to get ready for the start of Big 12 conference play it's here guys we're right in the midst of it good times were with Sooner softball we'll tell you a little bit about this team as they get set for the showdown this weekend coming up in our final segment but obviously it did not end the way anyone wanted for the men's basketball team Lon Kruger's squad falls in the first round of the NCAA tournament a hard-fought dramatic game the Sooners 83-78 winner uh, losers to Rhode Island as Rhode Island advances in the NCAA tournament and the Sooners will be headed home so a frustrating end Let's not waste too much more time going in-depth with our perspectives here from Coach Lon Kruger and the press conference immediately after the tough loss to end the Sooner Tournament run. We're joined by Oklahoma student-athletes Jamani McNeese and Trey Young, as well as head coach Lon Kruger. Uh, Coach Kruger, if you'd give an opening statement, then we'll go to questions for the student-athletes. Obviously a a hard-fought game. I thought guys on uh, both sides – Really battled it. I thought our guys uh, late there did a good job of getting it, uh, get some stops and getting it into overtime. And of course, when you don't win a game anytime, it's disappointing. But when it's the last game of the year, NCAA tournament, uh, obviously it makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, but uh, proud of the guys. They've, they've battled a lot of things on the year and uh, disappointing when it comes to an end. But uh, congratulations to Coach Hurley and, and their club. I thought they had a fantastic season and did things they needed to do in overtime to win the game today. All right, questions for the student-athletes, and once again, please give your name and affiliation when you ask a question. Right down here. Andrea Adelson, ESPN.com. Trey, just your thoughts on the way um, this game ended and, and the season ended for you guys. <clears throat> uh, I mean, it's tough. You never want it to end. Um, I'm proud of my team, the way we, we fought. Uh, we were down seven with about two minutes left, and the way we, we fought back and, and got back in the game and forced it into overtime was just um, was just effort. And uh, I'm proud of my team for just getting even getting to that point. Um, we fought hard to the end. Uh, I mean that's a, that's a good Rhode Island team we played today, and uh, they 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 did a good job of executing their stuff. Dana, right here. Uh, Dana O'Neill, The Athletic. Trey, if, if you could just summarize this season in a few words, I mean, how would you even explain it? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd summarize this, this season as just different. I mean, this, I mean, this, this season was a roller coaster. I mean, um, starting off hot, um, cooling down, winning a few games, and going back to losing. I mean, it's, it was just a roller coaster. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. Um, like I said, you never want to end, uh, but it's this is this is the biggest day to college basketball. Like I said, uh, any team is capable of winning games. Uh, we were capable of winning that game. Rhode Island was capable. I mean, every team is capable of winning games in this tournament, and uh, we just came up a little bit short. Right down here in the front. Trey, they did a good job of not letting you sh- Barry Trammell with the Oklahoman. They did a good job of not letting you shoot a lot. I think you had four or five shots in the first half. Mm-hmm. What were they doing to, to not let you shoot much in the first half? And then you got more attempts the later the game went. Um, I think they did a good job of, I mean, 
um, closing in and gapping my, my, my space. Um, but when they were doing that, I was just I was just trying to find my teammates, um, trying to get my teammates involved and stuff like that. Um, picked up two two uh, calls and two offensive fouls. Um, but I mean that's that's how that how that's how it is. I just had to get everybody involved. Jeff. Trey, Jeff Goodman with ESPN. You don't show a lot of emotion. Uh, what was it like for you back in that locker room after you you walked in with your teammates? Uh, I was I was just trying to pick everybody's heads up. I mean, this is a young group, a young team. Only with one senior, and uh, I went up to Kadeem and thanks Kadeem for all that he did this year for me and um, for this team. I mean, he's a, one of our biggest leaders on our team, and uh, I'm proud of the way he 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 handled himself this year. And but this this team is going to be. I mean, this team is is young. I mean, uh, this is a good experience. Uh, from last year, only winning 11 games to coming into the, the NCAA tournament is a big jump. So I can't wait to see the, I mean, the, the jump from, from now to next year. Uh, Trey, Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. What uh, will go into your decision-making process of whether you want to play more college basketball or try for the NBA? Um, right now, I'm not worried about that. Right now, my main focus is my teammates. Um, those are my brothers, and those are the people I care about most right now. And uh, it's tough after a loss thinking about anything else besides that. Um, but I mean, when we get back, I mean, later this week, uh, I'll sit down with my family. We'll discuss 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 that. And um, but right now, that's not my main focus. My main focus is my teammates. Right down here in front. John McKelvey with the Norman Transcript. Trey, how have you changed with how you respond to losses? Because I remember a year ago or two years ago after the state championship and how tough that was for you. Yeah, uh, I hate losing. I hate losing, and that's not in my DNA. In is losing, and I tried. I left everything I could, and I know my teammates did as well. Left everything they could out on that floor, um, but I've I've had to mature. Like I've said all season, this this is all the process. This is all just a chapter in my book. I mean, this this season, um, that chapter is closed now. Um, I got to move on to, I mean, whatever's next. Whatever's next for me, and um, I mean, this is just all a process, and I've matured a lot. Right here. Yeah, Barry Trammell. Uh, Jamani, uh, can you talk about the damage you and Christian did inside Christian Doolittle? You guys, you, no one was outside of Trey was hitting any three-pointers. You guys got a lot of, uh, of efficiency from, uh, from the paint. What were you guys doing to, to make that work? Um, me and Do, we were, you know, just trying to crash the boards and get, like, second shots. You know, we weren't making all our threes, like, in the game, so we just tried to, you know, pound it inside a little bit. Any other questions for the student-athletes? Thank you, gentlemen. Questions for Coach Kruger? Right down here in the front. Alon, was this just, was today just sort of the story of the season, the last couple months? If, if everybody's, I mean, I think you went one for 11 from three-point range. Outside of Trey, hard for you guys to win shooting like that. This team all year has been uh, pretty closely. Success has been pretty closely tied to making shots, and uh, and uh, I guess today would represent that. Uh, I thought uh, again the, the fight defensively, the fight on the board, you know, all that was was uh, was good. Uh, still didn't make shots that we needed to to, to create a little bit of a gap. 
in overtime, you, you'd fought back to get it into overtime, and you got a lead in overtime, but you couldn't get anything going offensively. I don't think you made a basket until the game was sort of out of hand. What what happened to your offense in in, in overtime to where you stagnated again? We had we had back to back empty possessions you know, during that time, which you can't afford to do in overtime. We turned it over a couple of times, uh, you know, a couple of uh, you know tough threes. Uh, uh, didn't have the possessions that you have to have for sure. Right over here. Kobe Cotter, Southern Utah Newspapers. Uh, Lon, what did you see from your eyes' defense? Uh, did they do anything in particular that gave you guys fits, or was it more just about not making shots? Uh, about our defense or their defense? Yeah. Well, they're good defensively. They, they, um, they've uh, taken a lot of pride in their defense all year long. They do a good job. Coach Hurley does a great job. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, athletic, rangy guys on the perimeter that, that fight at heart. So, uh, no, they're good. They're good defensively. Did you think Trey held up pretty well in terms of maintaining his composure, maintaining his, his decision-making, shot selection, all those things? It, it was, how did you evaluate that all day? Yeah, he's had, uh, he's had obviously an interesting year, you know, probably as interesting as anyone can have. And, and he's, he's battled you know, well all year long. And, uh, again, today I thought, uh, you know, he got going downhill a little bit there in the second half and had some good opportunities. And, uh, and uh, you know, obviously a couple of fouls in the first half kind of set him back. Uh, a little bit, but uh, but he battled well. He's 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 fought it well all year. Coming up on Monday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, we'll have team coverage. If you can say that on a podcast, that's kind of like a news thing, right? Team coverage. We'll have team coverage from Kevin Henry, Toby Rowland, and Jessica Cootie as soon as they get back in Norman. Uh, we'll have all three on with us uh, with us on Monday's podcast to recap what is definitely one of the more interesting seasons in Sooner basketball history, and obviously to talk about Trey Young, who has a massive decision coming up to decide whether or not to enter his name in the NBA draft, where some think he'll be a lottery pick or come back for his sophomore season. So that's coming up on Monday's edition, but a tough end for the Sooners as they fall in the first round to Rhode Island. Well, the excitement level ramps up. One team is out, but one team is ready to play on. Sherry Cole's Sooners will square off against DePaul on Friday, that's uh, depending on when you're consuming this podcast, either coming up here in just a bit or maybe we're getting ready for tip-off right now as you listen to this. Toby Rowland caught up with Sherry Cole as the Sooners not only looked back on getting into the big dance but looked forward to the showdown coming up with DePaul. Coach, congratulations. Thank you, Toby. What was the scene like at the house last night? Um, Euphoria. It was... Um... Yeah, it was one of those um, where you realize in the blink of an eye how hard it is to do this, how hard it is to get in the NCAA tournament, and what a what a honor it is to participate there. It all just sort of landed on that moment about 6.15 last night, and you just realize this is a special thing, and it's a hard thing, and we've been doing it for 19 years, and... You never, ever, ever want to take it for granted. I know you were confident. At least you were giving an air of confidence that your team was going to uh, be in. But as 6 o'clock approached last night, how were you feeling? Well, I felt incredibly confident all along. 
until the surprise Twitter announcement that there was going to be an eight-team reveal tease on <laughs> Sunday. What is happening right now? No one even knew that was – I don't know when they dreamed it up. I don't know if it was – I have no idea. But when that thing came out and the chair of the committee talks about our resume and has us with a quality win over Texas A&M, who we didn't even play – I got a little bit nervous. I'm like, okay, do they have the facts straight? Are they, are they really on top of this thing? And I'm sure she was just nervous and, and whatever happened in that interview with Charlie Cream. But that really made me uncomfortable for about 24 hours. That was weird. I, I, I'm glad you said they've never done that before because I don't remember them doing it before. I was trying to figure out if it was legit or just somebody throwing some speculation out there but to announce who our final eight teams are that we're considering I don't even know what the point of that was other than to make Um, you restless yeah I'm not sure what the point was because if you're a team who thinks you're on the bubble and thinks you might have a chance to get in when those eight teams were revealed there were a bunch of teams who said well I'm not even going to watch then I'm not even in contention that's already been decided and they said it's already been set we know and you don't know. And so you're going to sit on it for 24 hours. So there are eight of us who are miserable for 24 hours. And it was just really strange. And, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you what it did do, Toby. It gave me a lot of time to think about a lot of things that regardless of whether our name would be called on Monday or not, um, it's kind of this much I know to be true. <laughs> it just sort of lets you settle in and, and go, all right, this is, this is what's real, regardless of any results or anything that happens around us. Not only did you get in, but it's a fascinating draw. The 12 seed, and you face the 5 seed, DePaul, who you have played before this year, a long time ago, back in November. But it was certainly one of the games of the year for you, an overtime loss up at their place, 111-108. to What do you think about the draw? Well, you know, it, when you say a team that we've played before, about three-fourths of the tournament we have played this season. So <laughs> the odds of us facing somebody that we have played before were pretty high. Um, I, when, it, when it came out, honestly, I, I saw the, the Oklahoma-DePaul have no idea what else happened in the bracket. No <laughs> one does. We, no one does. The party's on at that point. Literally 10 minutes. Then the selection show went off and music went on. We didn't even see what happened after that. It was just, it was mayhem. And I didn't know when we played. I didn't know where we played. I didn't, nothing. And so we had to calm ourselves down and, and figure everything out. And and the deal with DePaul, I believe, we've played them twice. And we haven't been successful either time. I think that the key is to hold them to double digits. Because if they get 100, <laughs> then we're in trouble. Now, we're going to get 102, but if they get 100, then we're probably in trouble. So I have great, uh, immense respect for Doug Bruno and the job he does and the way he represents women's basketball. I don't think there's a better ambassador on the planet than Doug Bruno. So um, the way I feel about him and his program is is off the charts. Um, the fact that we're playing in College Station, I think, is fabulous because our fans can get to this game. Um you know, we we thought immediately coaches were like, oh, well, we're familiar with College Station because they were in our league for so long. But nobody on our team right. <laughs> was in on our team. You know, they they don't know that. Even Maddie, who's been here for six years, 
has never been to College Station. So um, that's not necessarily a factor. But um, you know what? Everybody you play is going to be really, really good. And it is all about matchups, and people talk about that. Um, For us, I think it's less about matchups than about us being urgent and purposeful in every single possession. Because we faced all kinds of teams. We've faced big teams. We've take, faced teams whose post guys go out and shoot threes. We've faced guards. We've faced fast teams and slow teams. We've seen it all. And it's not so much about that for us as it is about who are we going to be? Are we going to be urgent and purposeful in every possession? Because if we are, we can beat most anyone. If we're not, we could lose to most anyone. And so that rests in our control. We'll see. Our seniors have been given their final get out of jail free card. I told them that last night. Uh, you, you, you know, you, everybody was rightfully uh, very anxious about what was going to happen. Well, they handed you this glorious opportunity. We earned it, but they gave it to us last night and said, here it is. So what are we going to do with it? Do you run with them? Obviously last time you were happy to get up and down, it was one eleven, one Oh eight. Do you, do you uh, do that again? Or do you say, let's try to take them out of their game? They make it really hard not to do that uh, because they, they pick you up or they did pick us up 94 feet of the floor and you're going to get a layup. And so how do you not take a layup? I mean, this is what happened to us in overtime. We had a layup and could have held for, you know, 20 more seconds and maybe taken the very last shot. But when you get a layup, you take a layup to take a lead, and and then they hit a fall away, amazing jump out of bounds three to win in the second overtime. But um, I don't. It's hard to slow them down in that regard. Now you got to get a half check and a full check in transition for sure, and defend deep enough in the shot clock that can slow them down a little. But the way they defend sort of makes it impossible for you to come down and click a bunch of seconds off the clock. Did you have a good week of practice last week? It's, it's such a weird, you know, not go, not knowing if you're in or not and you're still getting after it. Was it a good week for you? It was a really good week of practice, and I think maybe one of, one of the best uh, in that gap of time um, that, that we've had. Um, it was just very purposeful. We got better. I told you, I think the day after, the weekend right after our loss, uh, we're going to get better at the four seconds when a shot goes up, what do we do? Whether we're on offense or defense, once a shot goes up, what do we do? And the one thing we cannot do is nothing. And we're going to purge that from our system, and we worked on it every single day, and we are markedly better at that. It's funny how you get better at what you pay attention to. Well, Coach, I mean, 19 years in a row, I don't know if you've taken time to reflect on that or not, but that is an amazing streak. I can't imagine last night because – you know, we experienced something similar on on Sunday. But when you walk into that house last night, you don't know if the night is going to end with a party or everyone hugging each other in tears. There's probably going to be tears either way, but uh, you know it's going to be emotional. But you don't know what the emotions are going to be. And and for you to see your name pop up, thankfully, pretty early in the show, I'm sure. At least it took a little bit of the agony out of it that you weren't waiting around very long. Uh, that had to be a pretty incredible moment and a pretty incredible scene at the house last night. Buffalo popped up. Um, the angst in the room went to another level entirely. So, um, because they were listed in that group of 
of eight fighting for four. Um, but you know what? At, at the end of the night, what was obvious was um, the emotional investment of our kids, uh, especially um, those seniors. Um, Gabby literally her face was white from the moment she walked in the house until they announced her name. I, I literally thought she was going to be ill and, and players were, were crying and hugging. And, and it's one of those deals that, you know, uh, in what profession yeah. do you get to feel like that? Yeah. You know, I, I, you could turn it around and say, in what profession do you get to feel like I did for the 24 hours leading up to that? <laughs> the highs are higher and the lows are lower. Well, but anybody who thinks they don't care. You know, anybody who thinks these kids don't care, go, go, look at what happened Sunday and Monday and then get back to me on that. Oh, it's unbelievable and and how hard it is. And I think about my guys and you know, everybody's fighting a battle, whatever it is, but they're they're trying to trying to prolong the streak. You know, the last thing any kid wants to do is be the one that be a part of the class that breaks the NCAA tournament streak, you know? Yeah. Well, they're carrying that around on their back additionally, and you do whatever you can to try to diffuse that and and not talk about it and not make it about that, but they feel that, and it's important to them to continue that legacy. So this group has done that, and now now what's important is what are we going to do next? We, it, we are holding the ticket. What do we do next? These two teams have played two incredible games against each other. The last two times they've squared off against each other, they had the combined highest scoring game in NCAA tournament history between these two teams when they played in the tournament in 2014. And then earlier this season, an overtime game that the Sooners lost, 111-108. It should be fun. It's ESPN2. They've actually, the pregame show is going to start now at 1130. Originally, it was listed as an 11 a.m. tip. 1130 will be the tip time. And Brian Brinkley, McKenna Treese will be on the Sooner Radio Network coming up at 11 a.m. You can find all the affiliates right now at Soonersports.com. Well, a big weekend coming up for K.J. Kindler and the Sooners gymnastics team as they head to Alabama. I had a chance to catch up with K.J. earlier this week, and we looked back on senior night and the emotion and the energy inside the LNC. Yeah, that was awesome. She she definitely took it all in. You could see she was <laughs> <laughs> so excited and um, eating it up at the end, you know. But that's that's a great moment, and you're going to remember that forever. So, yeah, she really was enjoying that. So one thing I noticed, and it became my favorite thing, is, and I guess maybe just because I don't get to go to as many meets as I want to, Coach, but I dig in watching during every floor routine how the entire team is into it. They know certain moves, and they do those certain moves with whomever is performing on the floor. That's got to fire you up as a coach, and I know that it's – constant across the board, but to see how everyone is into everyone's floor routine, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like when you go to a concert and everyone in the audience is singing the song they're singing. <laughs> yes. You know, it's just like that. So, yeah, they all know the moves, and there's certain ones that are their favorites, and they're always mimicking them on the side. So it's it's very fun to see them that engaged in what's going on. So why can't she do the chalk dust blow anymore? I know her teammates do it for her on the side, but why is that not allowed? Well, it's funny. Last year um, when we put it into her routine, you know, it was at the very beginning of her routine. And what she did was she just chalked her hands up very heavily so that when she blew into her hand, it would kind of just make a big, you know, <laughs> dust bowl. And 
this became very, you know, famous across the country, like all gymnastics coaches, all gymnasts, and judges took note of it. And judges decided that it was, quote, a prop um, to oh. blow chalk like that, and they outlawed it, basically. <laughs> so wow. She has her own rule, you know, saying it's not named after her, but I've named it after her. But um, you're not allowed to blow or use chalk as a prop on floor exercise. And so our team does it on the side, kind of like in your face. We can do it on the side, even though she can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we do. That's awesome. KJ Kindler joins us. All right. uh, I was watching you. And I was watching your coaches, and I, you, you can't help but notice whenever you go to talk to maybe one of the judges. For instance, I thought uh, Brianna Showers really didn't get the score she deserved on the floor routine. With that in mind, KJ, when you see something that you don't think is right or maybe a, a penalty that was unfair, what is your process as a head coach to either talk to a judge or at least try to have someone take notice of what you felt like was wrong? Yeah, we have a, a process called an inquiry process. So I can write an inquiry form that um, states everything that she did in the routine and what they may have missed because the judges, um, you know, they have this little card they put up on their table and it says what the start value of the routine is. So you always want that start value to be a 10 right. because if, if it starts at a 9-8, you're in trouble because, <laughs> because that means that's the highest score possible you can get. So I noticed that they had a 9-8 start value for Bree, and what I did was you know, put in an inquiry form showing everything that she did, the difficulty of it, what it's worth, um, to prove to them that she did have everything she needed. So I did do that, and they did change her score. But that's the hard part as the audience. You don't really know when a score gets adjusted or changed unless you're really paying attention to the, you know, the scoreboard up above. Um, but, yeah, her, her routine score was able to uh, go up about two-tenths. But, yes, I have that opportunity. That's cool. You don't always win them. <laughs> you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, she didn't do that good enough. I didn't give her credit for that. So you just have to kind of – you win some, you lose some kind of thing. Can you uh, – one other thing, and then I, I, I promise my ignorant questions about things I saw at the meet will finish, and we'll talk about your team, Coach. I noticed that Brenda Dow got an opportunity to do a little work on the beam, but her score wasn't one that was uh, included with the team. Are these exhibitions that are allowed in quad meets like this, or how does that process play out? Yeah, only during the regular season. You are allowed to compete an additional person at the end of your lineup. So your top six would go first in that seventh person that score wouldn't count toward the team score but it's a chance for that athlete to get up there kind of show you what they're capable of um maybe um maybe work their way into the lineup because of how well they do down the road but it does not count at all toward the team score um in postseason you're not allowed that at all so what we do is we kind of log those routines in our mind we definitely have stats on those routines and if we're trying to make a decision of a lineup change we look at how someone's done an exhibition, how they've scored, how they've competed. Brenna's now done beam twice. Both times got a 9-9, which is pretty wow. impressive. And, uh, and yeah, you know, if you'd have asked me that she would do beam, would, would Brenna do beam? I'd probably say, I don't think so. But <laughs> she's really come around lately, and she showed that she can compete well, which is really important on beam, you know. Being good on beam and being good in front of people on beam are two different things. 
How challenging is a night like uh, Friday night? Because it is senior night. It is the last chance for so many people that were integral to your success and this team's success. I mean, obviously, A.J. Jackson uh, stands out for many. But you do have the emotions of you want to go out and put your best foot forward. But your family is there. You can't help but notice uh, it was a great crowd, I thought, on Friday night, an active crowd. And it's your last time you're going to perform inside the LNC. There's a lot of work to be done, but is it hard to kind of compartmentalize those emotions on a night like Friday night? Yeah, I. well, you know, it's funny. We, we had a big talk as a team because it is senior night is so hard. Um for the team to stay focused. They really, they're very emotional, not just the seniors, but the, the people saying goodbye to the seniors as well, the rest of the team. And uh, they have this notion that this needs to be their very best <laughs> routine of their life because it's their last one there. And uh, sometimes that's hard to come up with when you put that much pressure on yourself. So we tried to like calm that down in them, but it, it's impossible. You know, Natalie Brown just cracks me up. She's like, I'm not going to cry tomorrow. <laughs> I said, oh, really? I mean, this girl cries every day. So <laughs> I said, yes, you are. And she said, no, I'm not. I'm not emotional. This She said, <laughs> but um, of course you saw she was, she was uh, losing it and crying a yeah. river. So it's it's impossible to, no matter how hard you try, like what a big moment for them. They've done so many amazing things. They're reflecting on it, and they're trying to compete at the same time and trying to do their best routine in their life. You know, it's just a recipe for disaster sometimes, but they did very well. <laughs> I want very well keeping it in check. I want to at some point, I don't know who I have to talk to. I don't know if I have to market, talk to marketing or whatever, and I don't know. if I'm not trying to take anyone's job here. But for one event, Coach, I want to be the hype guy for the crowd. I want to be the mic guy <laughs> down on the floor because you talk about this a lot, and I think even being there on Friday night, it's something that – uh, some of the fan base gets. The rest of us are still learning how to. But you can be loud. You can be crazy. You can make some noise. It's a really fun environment. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, a lot of people think you have to just be, you know, real calm, quiet, and, <laughs> and just enjoy the show. But you can be very involved. And uh, I did hear a couple times. This, You know what really was exciting for me? And you were there for this is when Maggie didn't get a 10 and the crowd yes! booed. Yes, they were booing. They were mad. <laughs> I was like, this is the first time I, I felt like, wow, they really get it. And they were booing. And I was like, this is amazing. I love it. Because, you know, first of all, if, if she got a 10, everybody in the crowd gets a ap- free appetizer from Chewy's, right? <laughs> yes. And number two, and they know that. And they're like, we want a 10. We want free appetizers. But at the same time, you know, they're knowing – that was a 10 performance. Yeah. One judge gave it a 10. You know, you got to, it's awesome. I love it. It's like in basketball when you get a bad call and everybody's doing the rest. Like, that means your crowd gets it. And I, I was really excited about that. My 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 daughter, they're, one's nine, one's four. That was their first gymnastics meet. And they didn't understand because I stood up and we were right by the beam. And I was mad. I was yeah, I was like, that's a ten. That's and my daughter. I did so then in that process, I had to explain. All right, here's why it's a ten. It's the ultimate. It's penultimate. And then I realized I'm. I'm like, hey, I'm learning something from KJ every week. I get this gymnastics thing here. <laughs> hey, I got a chance to go by practice the other day and, and and had an opportunity to really spend some time talking with what I think is um, one of the true kind of Cinderella stories. An Oklahoma kid came up through the ranks. Her dad 
made her take gymnastics because he wanted her to be an Oklahoma cheerleader. And then to see Alex Marks have the career that's come together. I know she's battled through some injuries. We talked about her last week. But, you know, this is this is somebody who's going to have to be really good for you, right, as we get set towards the postseason? Yeah, she actually she you weren't here there for vault. I missed vault. Best vault of the season. She nailed it. Nine eight seven five, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I could have been higher. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good. Like uh, I was super impressed, and um, and so yeah, as we go down the road here, she's definitely got to be ready to contribute on beam as well. Um, I'm sorry, bars as well because she's exceptional there. So yeah, she's she's super important to our team. She's like you said, kind of gives us our hometown flair. And, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be depending on her down the road. You know, here I am. I've, uh, I've spent so much time wanting to pat myself on the back for being there and, and educating myself on it. you got a pretty big week coming up, Coach, and I know everything is kind of downhill now towards the postseason. But as I, as I let you run, it's Alabama this weekend, always a, a, a unique place to play. They're very passionate. Coach Haley had spent some time there as well, too. What do we know about the Crimson Tide, and obviously what can we expect this weekend? Yeah, they've been going mid-197. They're, oh, wow. gr- they're a great team. And, of course, we're going to be in their arena. Um, I will say it's spring break for them, so I'm not sure what the crowd's going to look like, but that always – you know, we love competing in front of big crowds, so we're hoping for a really big crowd there. Um, but they're, they're very talented, always in the top six every single year, always in the super six, always tough to go into their territory and, and come out with a win. Uh, very talented team there. Um, so we're, we're just going to have to be on our game. And we actually we have a double weekend this weekend leading into Big 12 championships. So we, so we head to TWU on Sunday as well. And we should be competing some really different people having those two meets in a weekend. So a lot of people are going to get a lot of experience, but um, Alabama is definitely the, the highlight of the weekend and we're, we're really looking forward to it. Well, there you have it. A look back on a frustrating day for the Sooner basketball team. And let's hope better times ahead, not just for Lon, but in the short term for Sherry Cole, as OU looks to advance on the women's side of things against DePaul later today. And I mentioned just a, a couple of quick notes as uh, we're on the road with the Sooner softball team as they get set for this very intriguing series in this Easton classic, you know, when the season when you first saw the season schedule, you probably didn't think too terribly much about the competition this weekend. But with the way that Ohio State has played this weekend, never easy to come here and play against Fullerton. And then, of course, DePaul, a team that the Sooners have had a decisive edge over, but still you could end up making an entire team season by beating the defending national champ, two-time defending national champs. And then, lo and behold, Nebraska, even though they lost Shea Knighton's sister, MJ, to graduation, I mean, they seem to be just as good, if not better, they're receiving votes. So it's a stacked field. And consider this note, all kudos and props to Andy Bean for this note. With their 19-2 and record, the Sooners are off to their best start through 21 games since 2013. The Sooners went 20-1 and that year and won a national championship. And, oh, by the way, the Sooners have also outscored their opponents 134-20 to in their first 21 games. The Sooners have shut out half of their opponents. That's 11 total times. Marking the fastest an OU team has reached 11 shutouts since 2013. That team did so in 16 games. Additionally, seven run rule wins so far 
for this Sooner softball team. It's a big weekend on the diamond. We'll get things going coming up on Friday at noon with the Sooner softball team against Cal State Northridge. And then a big home weekend. Weather's supposed to be sensational in Norman this weekend. Oklahoma will welcome in Kennesaw State. The Sooners swept Texas Southern during the week. Friday night at 6.30 against Kennesaw State. Then Saturday and Sunday games at 1 o'clock. Have a great weekend. A complete breakdown of the tough stretch for the men's basketball team with Cootie and Kevin Henry and Toby Rowland coming up on Monday. And then on Wednesday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, you have Cootie and Meg. They have a very special guest. It's Jess's best friend. We'll leave it at that. And then by next Friday, hopefully we'll be talking about Sherry Cole's team making a run to the Sweet 16. Until then, have a great weekend and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.